Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this message in our current series. Well, it is uh, a real privilege for me to be here with all of you at Cape Cod Church and for all of you who are watching online, as I know, like with our church, I'm sure there's plenty of you joining us online, including Ben and Tammy. Ben, don't get too nervous. I won't mess things up too much for you. But as Tom alluded to, it's uh, been a blessing for my wife, Jill, and I to know Ben and Tammy for over a quarter of a century. And uh, we are just so beyond thrilled uh, that God has answered all our prayers uh, beyond our, all that we can ask or imagine, as Paul says in Ephesians, with Tammy already being home, and we just want to continue to lift them up in prayer, and that Tammy's healing will be swift and complete, and keep uh, Brittany and Brianna and Brooke and Cody in your prayers as well, and uh, I don't know, most people just can't imagine the impact that a pastor's spouse has, and you know, the, the, it's really, it's, it's hard to estimate. And, and I know uh, Ben and I both feel incredibly blessed that our wives are, are such wonderful partners in ministry and so supportive. And as Tom said, I appreciate uh, my wife, Jill, preaching down at BBC this morning. And I am grateful uh, for my relationship with Ben and with Cape Cod Church uh, to be able to collaborate with People like, there's no finer Christian man on the Cape than I know than Tom Maine. What a wonderful, wonderful guy he is. And, uh, and for you all to enjoy this fantastic worship team every week, to have the terrific media team that you have, and I want to express my gratitude to them. They've been so generous in coming to our church and helping our team. Um, and... Tom and the Cape Cod Church Red Team, uh, what a fine, fine group of Christian men. And as we always say, you know, that's the game we look forward to the most all year, just because the fellowship, it's the best, no offense to the other Cape Cod team, who will probably do to us what we did to the Red Team on Friday night. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with Brewster Baptist Church, Brewster Baptist Church is a little different than Cape Cod Church, because while both of your services are contemporary, we have a contemporary and a traditional service. And so we sing primarily praise songs at the one, and we sing hymns at the other. And while some of us enjoy both types of music, uh, in case this is news to some of you, some people tend to have a much stronger preference towards either praise songs or hymns. And you know, it's kind of like the old farmer who went to the big city one day, and he was there for the weekend, and he went to worship, and he came back, and his wife asked him, well, how was it? And the farmer said, well, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang praise songs instead of hymns. Praise songs, his wife asked, what are those? Well, the farmer said, they're like hymns. They're okay. They're like hymns. They're just different. Well, what's the difference, his wife asked? And the farmer said, well, if I were to say, Martha, the cows are in the corn, that, that would be a hymn. But if I were to say, Martha, oh, Martha, 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 the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and white cows are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, the corn, corn, corn. <laughs> And if I were to sing that two or three times, well, that would be a praise song. 
Well, well, the very next weekend, the farmer's nephew, a new young Christian from the city, came to this small country town to visit the farmer and his wife, and they took him to church and to worship. And when the young man got home, his mother said, well, how was it? And the young man said, well, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang hymns instead of praise songs. Hymns, his mother said, what are those? And the young man said, oh, they're okay, they're just different. And what's the difference, his mother asked. And the young man said, well, if I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a praise song. But if I were to say to you, oh, Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry, inclinest thine ear to the words of my mouth, Turn thou thy whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous, inimitable, glorious truth. For the way of the animals, who can explain? There in their heads is no shadow of sense. Hearkenest they and God's Son are his reign. Unless from the mild, tempting corn they are fenced. Yea, those cows in glad bovine rebellious delight have broke free their shackles, their worn pens eschewed. Then goaded by minions of darkness and night, they all my mild Chilliwack sweet corn have chewed. So look to the bright shining day by and by when all foul corruptions of earth are reborn, where no vicious animals make my soul cry and I no longer see those foul cows in my corn. Then, if I were only to do verses 1, 3, and 4 and do a key change on the last verse, that would be a hymn. <laughs> well, I want to extend my congratulations today to all of the graduates who are here today and to their families, whether you're graduating from high school or college. It's the end of an era and a chapter in your life, but also in your family's life. And you won't realize how significant it is for your parents and your siblings, so I'm telling you, it's really significant. So think about how this change impacts not only you, but your parents and your siblings, and be sensitive to their feelings as well. Well, you all finished uh, a series from the book of Daniel, uh, a series called First Things, about principles that guide us in living well anywhere. So it turns out you're gonna get a bonus one more sermon on living well. So let me begin with a story. Uh, I'm a baseball fan, and one week from today, the Cape Cod Baseball League will be opening the 2022 season. So all throughout this week, there are going to be young men arriving on Cape Cod from all over the country to play in that league. Uh, I've served on the board of directors for the Brewster Whitecaps for many years, and starting back in 2004, my family and I have been a host family for players coming to play on the Cape. And every year, that first week, it'll be this week, the general manager gives a talk to the players about abiding by all the league rules and policies, including the league alcohol and drug policy. And back in 2008, that talk was given in Brewster on June 11th. A few days later, on June 15th, two players who were not yet of legal age had been drinking, and one went outside and got in his pickup truck and somehow ended up striking the other player. 
and seriously injuring him. And he was rushed first to Cape Cod Hospital and then taken immediately to Mass General Hospital in Boston. I received a phone call at 4.30 in the morning to let me know what had happened, and by 6.30 that morning, I was in the ER at Mass General Hospital in Boston with another member of our board of directors. Later that day, we went to Logan Airport to pick up the young man's frightened parents. And while I tried to reassure them in the car as we were driving to the hospital, they quickly told us that 20 years before, just two months before this son was born, their 12-year-old son was riding his bicycle to school when he was struck and killed by an automobile. So you can imagine how terribly traumatic it was for these parents to receive 20 years later a second phone call saying your son is in the hospital, he's been hit by a vehicle, the situation is critical. I spent several days with them at Mass General Hospital and thankfully a terrific medical team at Mass General, as the Feldots have been, been blessed to see this week. And then in North Carolina, the prayers of hundreds of people. After a month, the young man recovered. And talking with someone about that incident, uh, someone came and said to me, well, live and learn. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I don't know if that's the best way to live. You know, many times after a painful or negative or less than successful experience, we use or we hear people use that phrase, oh well, live and learn. And all of us can probably fill in a story from our own life experience or from that of someone close to us that ended with someone saying, oh well, live and learn. Closely related to it is its cousin, experience is the best teacher. Well, the wise men and women of ancient Israel would vehemently disagree with that statement. Experience alone is not the best teacher because there are some experiences that it's wise not to have. We're better off never experiencing them. Because sometimes things happen and we can't change it, we can't erase it, we can't make it go away. The families of those two ball players involved in that accident that summer would all tell you experience is not the best teacher. Living first and learning as we go sometimes is necessary, but sometimes it can be painful and even fatal. So the book of Proverbs tells us, if you want to live well, don't live and learn. Learn and live. Listen to Proverbs chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 through verse 11. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 
For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you and understanding will guard you. This is God's word for us for today. The book of Proverbs seeks to shape your character so you don't make poor or disastrous choices in your daily living. The Spanish writer Cervantes defined a proverb as a short sentence founded upon long experience containing a truth. And the book of Proverbs reveals what was cherished in Israel, and near the top of that was the pursuit of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, insight into godly and successful living. Israel's wise teachers taught that from the time of our birth, each one of us is on a journey, and we're embarking on a journey that either leads to a full and a contented life or to an unhappy existence and tragically even sometimes a premature departure. According to Proverbs, on the path of life, there are two distinct groups of people, the wise and the foolish, who are walking toward different goals, towards different destinies. The wise demonstrate their wisdom through righteous behavior, acts of justice, kindness, self-control, faithfulness, loyalty, temperance, the ability to control one's speech, temper, and passions. Those are the wise. The foolish, on the other hand, display their folly through wicked and evil actions, through violence, bloodshed, greed, adultery, uncontrolled speech, anger, and passions, laziness, untrustworthiness, disloyalty, and drunkenness. And Proverbs doesn't allow for any middle ground between wisdom and folly, yet it makes very careful distinctions among fools. Did you know there are eight different terms for fools in the book of Proverbs? Of course you didn't. Who knows that sort of thing? So I'm here to tell you, there's eight different terms. And the one term means a naive, untutored individual. And this type of person could still be influenced for good or evil. So there was still hope for them if they sought wisdom and instruction. The wise looked distastefully at the seven other types of fools. These are the one who is innately stupid. John Wayne in the movie The Sands of Iwo Jima, if any of you ever saw that movie, he played Sergeant John Stryker. And he said famously in that movie, life is tough, but it's tougher if you're stupid. <laughs> the obstinate, the one who persists in folly, the crude, the brutal, depraved person, the irrational, and the foolish talker who values his or her opinion too much. These are all different types of fools who are described 
in the book of Proverbs. And in contrast to these foolish, these foolish behaviors is the wise path that's marked by wisdom, goodness, justice, understanding. Since experience alone is not the best teacher, the problem in ancient times was how to enable younger people and older people alike to find and follow God's good path that leads to life. The problem today is even more challenging than it was then. Today there are more temptations, more pitfalls, more things to be wary of than there were in ancient Israel. For example, they were concerned about avoiding drunkenness. Today you have to worry about not just abusing alcohol, but a whole host of other drugs. And when it comes to drug use, experience is not the best teacher. It's great when someone who has been using drugs or alcohol or addicted, it's wonderful when they're able to get free of that addiction, but you're better off not using in the first place. The wise teachers of ancient Israel were worried about adultery with a neighbor. Today, human trafficking and the internet have created concerns and situations they never could have imagined. Every generation differs from the one before in terms of values, technological advances, and power, but wisdom is timeless. And a principle of wisdom that would have guided an ancient patriarch to make a healthy and a holy decision will still help guide a teenager to make the best decision today. There are millions of young people graduating from high school and from college at this time of year, and they're going to go off to work or to join the service, or, and their parents are going to cope with the swirling emotions caused by sending a child off into the world hoping that their son or daughter has gained enough godly wisdom to make good decisions when it comes to the company they keep and the things they will do. Today, there's even a greater need for wisdom, for insight, for understanding on the part of younger and older people alike. As I've said, after a painful experience, sometimes we say, oh, well, live and learn. Wisdom, on the other hand, says learn, learn, and live. In the Bible, there are four books that are commonly referred to as the wisdom literature. That's Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. And the book of Proverbs focuses on the normal kinds of issues that we all face in our lives, things like being a good neighbor, how we handle money, watching your speech and your temper, and living a moral and an upright life, and other pitfalls that are to be avoided. And Proverbs was written to help you become more skillful in life in every aspect of life so that you can make good choices in every circumstance. And it's a wonderful guide that you can consult at any time. There was a shepherd who was herding his flock in a remote hillside pasture when suddenly a brand new expensive SUV came raising up a cloud of dust and the guy pulled up next to the shepherd and put down his window and it was a young man in a high-priced suit and glasses and he looks at the shepherd and says, Hey, if I tell you how many sheep you have, can I have one? And the shepherd calmly looked at his peacefully grazing flock and said, sure, why not? And the guy whipped out an iPad and he 
quickly got an ultra-high-resolution photo of the hillside, and in no time he turned to the shepherd and said, you have exactly 1,586 sheep. And the shepherd smiled and said, that's right, I, I guess you can take one of my sheep. And he watched the young man select one of the animals and start to put it in the back of his SUV. And then the shepherd said to the man, he said, hey, if I can tell you what your business is, can I have my sheep back? And the young man said, sure, why not? And the shepherd looked at him and said, you're a consultant. And the man said, that's right. How did you know? And the shepherd said, it wasn't that hard. You showed up here even though nobody called you. You want to get paid for an answer I already knew to a question I wasn't asking, and you know nothing about my business. <laughs> now give me back my dog. <laughs> Reading the book of Proverbs is like having a really good consultant who knows a great deal about the business of life. And you're enriched when you read it and heed it. Proverbs chapter 2 portrays the value and importance of moving from a passive openness to wisdom to pursuing it diligently with energy and with focus. People often talk about having an open mind, but the purpose of having an open mind is to fill it with truth and substance and meaning. Notice in Proverbs chapter 2, there was this repetition of if and then, and this doesn't always appear in every translation. So let me just say it again really quickly. If you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice, if you seek it like silver, search for it as for hidden treasure. How do people seek for silver and his hidden treasure? You ever watched Oak Island, all these other programs? What? How do people search for hidden treasure? They do it with single-minded energy and devotion and focus and a willingness to expend all their resources. Think Yukon Cornelius and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you do all of the above, Proverbs says, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you'll understand righteousness, justice, and every good path. If you need wisdom about a situation you're facing today, the New Testament letter of James encourages you to ask if any of you, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to you. In 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9, God tells the young and newly crowned King Solomon he'll give him anything that he wants. Can you imagine being asked that question? And Solomon asked for a wise and understanding heart, and God was really pleased. And yet even Solomon ended up departing from the path of wisdom. It happened to him, it could happen to me, it could happen to you. Psalm 1 says, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. Do you hear the progression there? First, you listen to bad advice. Then you have a little experience on the path of sin. And the next thing you know, you're sitting in the seat of scoffers who don't love, trust, follow, or serve the Lord. In Luke 2, verse 52, we're told that even Jesus grew in wisdom. You know that verse? Even Jesus 
grew in wisdom. What about you and me? One of the goals of Scripture is to enable you to mature and grow into the full stature of Christ so that you may live fully, the motto of Cape Cod Church. And in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28, Paul says his task is teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. How are you doing with that? How are you doing at maturing in Christ-likeness? How are you seeking and pursuing wisdom? How diligently are you seeking? How focused are you? There was a boy who brought his report card home one day and noticeably absent were the first three letters of the alphabet. And he shared it with his distraught father who was looking at it and the little boy looked at his dad and said, what do you think, dad? Is it genes or environment? Lyman Bryson said, the error of youth is to believe that intelligence is a substitute for experience. The error of age is to believe that experience is a substitute for intelligence. What can you do if you want to get serious about growing in wisdom? And I'll wrap this up really quickly. First, get and use a good study Bible. You know, someone said if every Christian in America took a Bible off the shelf of their house and opened it and closed it at the same time, be the biggest dust storm since the Dust Bowl back in the 1920s. <laughs> Get and use a good study Bible. Become an active participant in a small group Bible study or class here at Cape Cod Church. Get involved in one if you aren't. Read a chapter in Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's 30 or 31 days in most months. So just whatever day of the month it is, what's today? The fifth, yeah, if you know the right answer, just shout it right out, don't be shy. It's the fifth, right? So just read Proverbs chapter five and read that and then fourth, pick a verse and memorize it and meditate, it, meditate on that verse during the day. And don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. Don't tell me you can't memorize passages of scripture. Don't tell me you can't because you can. You have the words to hundreds of songs in your head. Hundreds of them, right? To say nothing of commercials, which are like cockroaches in your brain. You just can't get rid of them. And if you don't think that's true, there are some of us here of a certain age, all I have to do is ask you, what's in a Big Mac? And you will say, two of beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. You know who you are if you knew that too. And if you know that, if you can remember that, you can remember the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You can remember, they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings like eagles. You can remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. If you can remember, can you hear me now? Where's the beef? You can remember, I am the bread of life, Jesus said. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Don't live and learn. Learn and live. And you know what? Even if there's something that you wish you could go back and change, you know what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28? He says, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Will you join me in prayer?
And may this prayer be your prayer. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. You are good and upright and instruct sinners in the way. You lead the humble in what is right and teach the humble your wise way. I thank you that all your paths are steadfast love, faithfulness, and wisdom for those who read and heed your word. And thank you for sending Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior, the one who forgives our sins and walks with us every day on the path of life, teaching us wisdom if we just open our hearts and listen. In his name we pray, amen.